Hello, hello. Hey up, what's up, what's good? Welcome to the Any Given Runway Show. I'm your host, Randall Carlton Green. Any Given Runway celebrates the exploration of new cultures by highlighting some of the most artistic, athletic, tenacious, basically unique and interesting people in the world. Everyone has a story, each person a scholar. Welcome to season three. As we continue to seek out some of the most unforgettable humans, some of the most memorable stories, in the first two seasons, the show featured guests from over 60 different countries and will continue down that path because it is imperative that we cherish the differences. And we can only do that by getting out and journeying into unknown frontiers, whether it be physically or simply through conversation, sharing lovely experiences and saluting the tenacious and resilient guests. Wonderful, wonderful episode for you today with a brilliant guest and our first guest from Estonia. Estonian cyclist Mikhail Reim joins the show. Mikhail is a pro cyclist for the Burgos Pro Team in Spain. Mikhail is also a three-time national road race champion of Estonia. Mikhail first started competing in 2010, where he won the National Junior Road Championships. Since then, he's had a very successful professional career. And on today's episode, he chats about how he's evolved as a cyclist, how his training has adapted to stay competitive. Mikhail also discusses the importance of rest days. Kale and I also talk about the mental aspects of cycling and the thoughts that are going through his mind on some of these long duration races. Lastly, we talk about team cohesion and team building and how he adapts and acclimatizes to a new team, especially in a new country. And Mikhail is making it a point to learn Spanish this year and he prioritizes hanging out with a team as much as he can away from cycling to enhance that cohesion. Really fun conversation. Honored to have Mikhail on the show. Thankful to have our first Estonian. Thrilled for you guys to meet him. So let's go ahead and bring on three-time national road race champion from Estonia, professional cyclist Mikhail Reim. And let's learn. I know that you've had a very successful career on the bike. So what was it that started it? What for you, what were some of the activities that you did growing up? Oh, I did uh, lots of sports because I'm from really like athletic family. Like uh, my mom likes sport, my father likes sport. So when I was young, I just did everything, you know, from running to judo or uh, cross-country skiing, uh, cycling, like just name a sport and probably I did it, you know, like uh, I, and I did most of the things alone because I had a lot of free time and uh, I, I love to be outside. So I was just, I had like Im- imaginary races or competitions all the time with myself, like, uh, so I did pretty much uh, everything. Now, fast forward in your career now, and you're a three-time Estonian road race champion. I'm curious, what are some of the extra challenges that come with defending a title once you're a champion? Yeah, I never won like uh, back-to-back. So this, I could do it this year, but <laughs> we will see that. But it's uh, never easy because um, the race is totally different than the normal races because normally in cycling you have like five to eight guys from the same team in the race but uh, this is the race where in Estonia most of the guys are alone so it's like um, man to man you know and basically it's like uh, if you have a bad day or you don't have uh, super legs you don't win it that's the rule because uh, there is no time to hide here so I think the biggest challenges have been like uh, if it happens to be a bad day then you can right off yourself on the list so that's the that's the beauty of it actually is there extra pressure because everybody knows who you are they're like that's the champion i'm gunning for him yeah it was before like uh, now 
when I the last race, last championships when I won, um, I took it more as a game. Like uh, I mean, I wanted to win, but uh, I had two titles, so I was like, if it comes, if it comes, it comes, and if it doesn't come, then it's just a race, uh, one race in the year. So, and I, I did. I think I did good. Well, in order to be as successful as you have for as long as you have, I'm sure you've had to adapt your training along the way. So how has your training changed since you've been a professional? Well, for sure it has more become more professional and uh, the rides are getting harder and harder. But also there is more system in it now. Because, for example, when I was younger and we stayed all the winter in Estonia and we still wanted to ride the bike, so... Some days we went for a ride with mountain bikes and it was like negative 10 outside. So now I wouldn't do that thing anymore. But by that time, it was like right thing to do. So now I just buy a plane ticket to Spain and I have uh, like more quality quality kilometers in, uh, in Spain. But uh, in that time, it was really important to do it. How about rest days? Because I know when you're young, you probably have the idea of we should never take a rest day. It should be beast mode every day. Have you changed your mentality on that? Uh, I think in the past past years, I I got even more rest days. You know, I, if I make training, I make quality training. But if I have rest, I make rest. I don't have like this uh, 50-50 days. Some guys say they have like active rest days. So I don't really get what it is because for me, it's like if you switch your body off or not, you know, it's if you still go for a two-hour ride, I mean, it's easy day, but it's not the rest day. So you're still on the bike, you put the Lucra on and it's, uh, you still think about the cycling and, uh, and sports, but uh, the full day off is like if you don't, I don't know, you don't touch uh, your bike or you don't think about that. So On that rest day, is that also a day where you can maybe eat everything you want or eat anything you want? You just kind of take the day off and relax? It depends. Uh, it depends how, how are you at this point? I mean, like... Uh, Yes, if I'm in a good uh, good place and I you know I deserve deserve that to have really like easy day or rest day, then yeah, I can do it. Yeah. Uh, but some some day sometimes if you feel like you're not uh, that place mentally and you need to actually eat less in that day because it's um, for example for the weight loss the rest days are the best way to lose the weight actually because you make a deficit. So so it's like fifty fifty depends on the, really the rest day. Yeah. When you want to change up your training and do some cross training with different activities and you want to get away from the bike, what do you do? Well, in the winter, I really like uh, cross country skiing in Estonia, but uh, it's not easy to do because normally at that time I'm in a training camp in a warmer climate or so I normally skip the winter. But uh, I also like uh, like football, like European football, soccer. This I really enjoy, but you have to be careful with that because it's, um, you know, if you play with that, you can have uh, injury really easy. So, and yeah, basketball is also nice, but uh, I just don't have time to make all the other sports now. That's the, that's the thing. But yeah, I think this uh, cross-country skiing and uh, football is the, the best things for me. How about the mental approach? I know that earlier you mentioned that when you were young, you did a lot of activities by yourself, and I'm sure that prepared you for your career now of spending all the time on the bike by yourself. So when you're out for these long durations, these long rides, what's going through your mind? How are you staying focused? How are you staying calm? Uh, I think this comes with the experience and you get more mature. But uh, yeah, it's, it's hard to say, you know, like um, 
I'm like, like last year I started to work with uh, like mental coach mm-hmm. and he helped me a lot because I had a rough period and uh, yeah, he, he gave me some exercise to do. And actually the biggest thing is just to write some things down and then uh, it's solved, you know, I mean, it's solved in your head because otherwise you never finish the idea or you're just uh, keeping thinking about it. But uh, yeah, that, the thing is that we spend so much time on the bike and if I could write down everything that was in my, on my mind on the day, then it could be a nice book because the topics will be like, uh, one, one is for example, from cycling another is like making the world better place. So it's like really jumping uh, from one to another. So, yeah. Yeah. How about when you're on the bike? Is there a specific mantra or breathing techniques that you use to eliminate outside distractions? Uh, maybe not on the bike, but, uh, maybe before the, before the race, or if you have, um, like prologue or time trial and you know, you know, you can make it good and it's short, you have to be mentalized and you need to know all the turns on the left or right, or where is the cobblestone sector or something like that. Then, uh, yeah, I take a deep breath in and out and I try to mentalize for that. But uh, otherwise, the races, normal road races are so long, so four hours, you just can't uh, concentrate uh, four hours only for that, or five even, so. Yeah. How many calories are you burning in a four-hour race? It depends also on intensity, but uh, I think uh, like four to six, so, yeah. Incredible. There, There have been days where it's more, so. Yeah. So when you are, have that calorie deficit at the end of the day and you're ready to eat, what do you turn to? What's the food, the go-to food afterwards where you're like, I just burned all these calories, I'm going to go eat this? Uh, yeah, normally, you know, <laughs> after the race, and you want something salty, you know. And of course, the first thing <laughs> what you think about is like some pizza or burger or fries because you just miss the salt, you know. Uh, but uh, yeah, I don't really look about look about the calories then uh, because it's just uh, the main thing is you get uh, some fuel in after the race immediately that's the uh, most important and in the end uh, you get uh, just plain rice with the olive oil and uh, cheese and you're you're happy with that also because uh, you just need something uh, solid yeah you'll take anything well yeah. i know that you've uh, you've raced and trained in some of those beautiful locations all across europe so as you look back on your career thus far which are the locations that stand out for you emotionally, mentally, where you still think, man, that'd be a great day. I'd love to go back to this, this country or this city. Yeah, it's like uh, in Europe. Um, Europe is like uh, more similar everywhere, almost. Like, you know, like Europe, you can imagine what was that about. But I really loved the city of Budapest in Hungary. This was the place where uh, I've been there now two times, but I've never been as a tourist, you know. So I definitely want to go back there. So yeah, there's just some incredible buildings in there. And actually in general, Budapest or Hungary, it remembers, reminds me of Estonia, but uh, the old town of Budapest is like, uh, wow, I never seen something like that. So this is uh, definitely the place in Europe, but uh, out of Europe, uh, I would say Japan is the place to go. Like this is, um, so organized and so clean like the clean what i saw but also spending there more than three weeks i think normal 
normal person starts to piss off a little bit because it's uh, everything is so arranged you know like it's uh, so strict and then there's no flexibility at all you know like uh, the waiting line to get on the bus and this it's like just too organized at the beginning it's nice but afterwards it's like <laughs> come on and we can like we can be closer <laughs> you know i've heard that about japan haven't been there yet but i have been to budapest and i agree on your sentiment that it's such a great city how have you handled the difficulties of the last two years with everything being canceled all the doubt and uncertainty that you face as far as not knowing when you're going to be on the bike again yeah at first it was really hard because like uh, when the covid really started and nobody didn't know what to do but uh, how to say the good thing it was it was equal to everyone like i mean all the races were canceled and no one from us couldn't race so it was more how you stay cool with your mental health at home and also in some point we were in different positions because like uh, i came to estonia and i was able to ride outside like still it was cold but i was able to do it my teammates who stayed in uh, spain they had to stay indoors and they were only allowed to make a home trainer so like stationary bike so and making this for 50 days uh, i'm still i'm happy that nobody didn't make suicide from them because it's <laughs> it's really hard to do and i was really in a good uh, good place in estonia like uh, okay there was uh, nothing else to do instead of training but at least four or five hours fresh air like nothing didn't uh, stop me so this was really good but uh, also i actually enjoyed those I was two months at home and I think it was after 10 years when I was able to stay in my real home so long, you know. So it was a bit relieving also. So that was nice. Yeah. Anything new? Any new hobbies or watch some shows or books that you read? How would you feel that the extra time that you had? Uh, no, it's hard to remember now. But I think, yeah, I just uh, made my training. Uh, maybe some uh, new recipes uh, we tried with my girlfriend at home then um, yeah the main thing was training cooking watching tv and just uh, to be sure the family is good and my father was really sick by then and he was in the hospital so uh, our family thoughts were always uh, with him so it was it was a hard period but uh, now it's everything good you are our first guest from estonia and uh, just a country i'm really excited to visit for someone visiting Estonia for the first time, we'll say Tallinn, someone going to Tallinn for the first time, what would be your recommendations? Uh, definitely Old Town. It's like a really special place, I would say. And I now I live uh, less than a kilometer away from that place. But it's, uh, it's really funny when you live here, you don't really go there because uh, mm -hmm. you, think it's, you think it's like normal, like a, a no, no, normal thing, but actually, I really understand the tourists when they come here and they are like, uh, they have this wow effect, like uh, you have such a nice place. Why you don't go here every day? But I think it's every city has like that. But in general, Estonia is like, it's really small compares mm -hmm. most of the countries or even uh, some cities, you know. And uh, but it still takes time that uh, you need more. I think you need like one week to travel like without stress here because we have a lot of nice things to see and uh, i would also recommend the, the home island where i'm from it's called sarema and it's the biggest uh, island in estonia 
and I think uh, why people love that because because there is pure nature still like there's not many people it's only 30,000 people on the island and uh, yeah there is not big traffic there is uh, wild animals and it's totally flat and windy but it's there's something special it's your mind will really relax in there so that's why the people I think love it when they come there well, I'm, I'm sold. Uh, you've already sold me on it. But I, I, I got to know a little more, though. What would be the food, the food and drink that I, that I got to order when I get there? Uh, but nowadays, it's hard, you know, because all the pubs and bars, they want to be, like, um, so modern. Mm. And uh, everybody have, like, uh, sweet potato fries and this. But I, I'm pretty sure that the sweet potato is not even growing in Estonia. It's all <laughs> important. So that's the thing what a uh, little bit pisses, pisses me off because there is actually, we have a nice food, but normally yeah, it's just normal boiled potatoes and uh, some meat, uh, some cabbage. And this is the typical Estonian uh, dish, but it's really similar with the German one or Polish ones. So, and Probably there is some spe more special things, but we don't eat every day like more special things. And the main thing is for old people is potatoes, only potatoes. So, hey, potatoes are one of my favorites, so that's perfect. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> what do we got coming up for you? Uh, now I have a really interesting year because I'm, I would say, like back in the back in business in a higher level of cycling. So I have a new team. It's a Spanish team. Maybe the biggest challenge for me is to learn Spanish. Hmm. So. Uh, it's not easy, but it's good skill to have, I think, like instead of cycling. But uh, yeah, I have a lot of uh, world famous races in the schedule. And hopefully, hopefully in uh, August, we have uh, one grand tour named Vuelta España. So this is the big goal. So, But we don't have invitation yet, so we will see how it goes out. What are you doing to help you learn Spanish? So, yeah, mainly it's just uh, when I'm uh, in training camp with the team, I try to understand as much as I can mm -hmm. and then somehow to accumulate uh, <laughs> the knowledge. But also I have some uh, Spanish apps for learning uh, the language and also it's like a web seminar in Estonian language to learn Spanish. So it's with a video and, uh, and in the end you have to make a test and then you... If you pass it, you get the certificate. But uh, so it's quite cool, I think. With cycling being such a team sport, and you're entering a new team, how do you get the team to trust you as a new athlete? Uh, well, first thing is for sure if you make results in the first races, mm -hmm. and then they see that you're capable of that, then they start to respect you more. But I think at the moment. The idea for me is um, since I have more victories individually in my career than my team in total and over the years. So I think they already trust me because they know I have done the job before and they, they believe in, in me at the moment again. So I think they just, just trust me, you know, from the past. When you're entering a new team, do you do things away from the bike as far as whether it be team building or lunches or dinners just to get to know each other? And does that, does that help? The team dynamics yeah this this really helps but uh since we have quite small team we haven't done and now with the covid it's it's harder to do such a things and just to be more safe but um 
yeah the dinners really help but the thing with the spanish dinner is so late and it's so long so it's really really makes you tired but uh, in the previous teams we had uh, you know some team building camps or something like that and what is the best thing for sure is the party if you party together with the guys you create uh, memories and uh, everybody re remembers it all year and that's how you connect actually the best i think Twist my arm, right? More reason to go out and party and have a beer or two. <laughs> and you got to say, even though the Spanish dinners might be longer, they also have a lot of that salt that you're looking for as well, all the salty dishes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Gosh, this has been a lot of fun. You know, I, I'm, I'm excited to see your new season with your new team. And I'm also excited to visit Tallinn, visit Estonia for the first time. And Perfect. I'll be supporting you and watching your career out here. How can people follow your career? How can they follow along your journey? I think uh, the easiest thing on social media and Instagram and Twitter, and I have the fan page also in uh, Facebook, but I think for international people, it might be a bit more boring because uh, I write the reports from the race. After every race, I write the report, but it's uh, only in Estonian language because then the journalists, they can uh, pick up the, the conclusion of the race. And even I don't need to speak every day with my father or mother to explain how the race was because I, I'm just yeah. so, so tired, you know, and they read from there. And if they have some extra questions, then they can ask all the time, but it's just better for me. And I got uh, really good, like uh, feedback from that and people are enjoying to read this. So, yeah. Before I let you go, when you're out team building and you're having the beer, what's the beer of choice? Uh, the strongest one, I think. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, normally, know. normally it's uh, when I go out like this, uh, we would like to test the local ones, you know. But uh, when I was in Israel, we tried the Israeli one, and uh, in Colombia, the Colombian one. So I can't really say which country one is is better because it's quite some, it's quite similar, you know. But uh, yeah, probably they prefer the local ones always. The local one and the strongest one. It, it sounds like yeah. your team Your team is the team to be on. That's what it sounds like. So. <laughs> Maybe, yes. Best of luck. I hope we chat again. And if I'm ever out in Estonia, I'll send you a line. Perfect. Perfect. Let me know then. Thank you. Hey, thank you for your time. We'll hope to talk soon. Yeah, ciao. Ciao. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. Much appreciation to Mikhail. Do me a favor. Give him a follow on the gram. You can find him M-I-K-U-R-A-I-M. Everyone has a story. Each person a scholar. Thank you for listening. Fill up that passport. I'll see you on the road. Aviento.